Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Like I said, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this podcast about mom issues oh jeez, <laughs> we uh we're talking mom issues today oh, we're talking about mommies the mommy today and uh yeah, we're here with mommies. this is a, a really cool thing that happens where charlie and i watch a weird old 80s movie that neither of us have seen and yeah. this one's been on our list for a while and we both finally saw anguish oh yes which was it's grown on me so much in the week since we've seen it. It was yes. so confusing and so weird and so unexpected. This is a movie we are going to say right at the top is impossible to talk about without spoiling the entire movie. Absolutely. Through and through. <laughs> yeah. If you uh, have never seen Anguish from 1987 or mm-hmm. you don't know anything about it, especially... Uh, you would Don't, enjoy not knowing more yeah, about it until you've seen it. I, I went into this movie totally blind, and it contained things I had no idea it contained, and it was a very uh, compelling viewing <laughs> experience. All I knew about this movie, uh, I only knew about it because Blue Underground put it out. William oh, yes. Lustig's, uh, and they're they're doing good work. They have a good rep, and uh, you know they put this out a decade or so ago. So that's the only reason I even knew of it in the first place. Then. All I knew beyond that was that it had Michael Lerner and Zelda mm-hmm. Rubenstein. Yes, that's the that's, kind of that's it. That's, that's all I knew. Yeah, and I knew she was his mom. Yes, I didn't know the tone of the movie. I didn't really know the plot, but you know, I was I've heard good things, and what a little gem! It's a mind. Uh, <laughs> it's cool. Screw. It, it really it's it really messes screw. with you. I don't want to say the bad word. No, it, it's it's a uh, it's gimmicky and fun and. Feels like in a in like a giallo, yes. And it's just so cool. So go find it. Yeah, I don't know if it's streaming it anywhere. It looks like it's hard to find, but yeah, it, the DVDs of it on eBay when I scanned are all affordable, under ten dollars. I just I think if you know about the movie more than just the title and maybe you know the the only thing I knew was the one sentence IMDb description of a controlling mother uses telepathic powers to send her middle-aged son on a killing spree. Okay. The sentence keeps getting longer. (laughs) It was a long sentence, but I was in from there. But that's, as we know... Yeah, and knowing that she... That Zelda's the mother. Yes. So uh, beyond that, yeah, I I would hate to kind of taint someone's viewing of this because I found this to be a very cool exploration on studying the audience and, and, mm-hmm. and studying how we watch and interact with movies. and uh, It's kind of adjacent to a William Castle movie, but taken a little more seriously and a little more uh, mm-hmm. European. You know, a same kind of gimmick of uh, trying to trick the audience either into being sick or something like that, you mm-hmm. know, that, that extra experience. It yes. has some of that to it, which is the kind of thing that hooks me immediately. Yeah, it has that unforgettable hook. This is so, a So yes, yeah, so everybody Yeah. Please go now. back. Stop now. Stop now. <laughs> Find this movie. It's out there somewhere. And uh treat yourself and then come back and yeah. we can and, all talk uh, about it together. 
If you're still with us, I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. This is a movie podcast. And, Anguish uh, is such a treat, especially for that 1987. I love. We're we're big 1987 horror fans. I'm. That's that one of those years where the direct to video stuff era. was good. The era, yeah, it's a great. You know, it's still in the that beautiful 80s window mm-hmm. of horror pre CGI. Oh yeah, still doing weird sex stuff with all your horror. <laughs> And if you're into the giallos, which we've been doing, yeah, uh, I knew before. Yeah, it, it, the only other thing I knew that was going to happen in this movie is eyeball stuff. I knew we were. You in knew eyeball stuff. Be- I didn't. I didn't actually know this was an eyeball thing. I saw the name writer and director Biggest Luna. Bigas Luna. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is going to be Italian. Anything and that sounds vaguely Italian, do you just expect a scalpel here through comes like a the eyeball? eyeball stuff? And well. <laughs> Was I wrong? I was, had, I, was I no, wrong? Was I, I wrong? I had no... So, <laughs> yeah, we're big Jello fans, and we've been talking about them a little bit more, and I did not know this had any... I didn't know the tone of this movie. Sure. I didn't know if it was going to be more like a 60s camp. You know, Michael Lerner, he's a, he's a very funny comedic performer in a lot of stuff. Yeah, I think we've only encountered him in Maniac Cop 2 so yes, far. Yes, he was. like a, a commissioner he was the, or the mayor. He, he was... Uh, well, he was on a talk show scene. I remember that in Maniac Cop too. Mm. Maybe he's a host, uh, but he's always like a an authority figure. Yeah, it was Bart- kind of interesting. Barton to think see. he's the great movie producer. Yeah, that's like his big famous breakout. But this was a few years before that, and I di- I I didn't know if it would be comedy. I didn't know how this movie would be played. I didn't know it would be a giallo within a giallo within a. It's so cool because it's got. All those William Castle gimmicks that it starts with. I was already yeah. so like, you know, it, the movie's one of those movies that starts with the written like, uh, you may become entranced by this film. This is not, you know. It's tra- a very, yeah, it, it opens as if you're in like, obviously we were not in a movie theater watching this movie, but it opens with the kind of like pre-movie announcements mm-hmm. that you would find in an old movie theater. Yeah, complete with the words on the screen and everything. And was there even background noise of like an audience and just kind of people yeah. settling in and stuff? There was a lot of times in this movie where, yeah, you're really getting this theatrical experience. Yeah. But yeah, starting off with a gimmick like, you know, if you become ill during the screening of this, like, we're warning you, like, yeah. turn back now if you can't handle it. That kind of era Total. of uh, movie showmanship. That William- And so this really felt William Castley in that way. But not as much as like now a skeleton on a wire is swinging out right. at you, you know, and it it's eyeball stuff. <laughs> yeah, instead it's just you, cutting somebody's well, eyes yeah, out. As soon as the warning was like, if you start feeling squeamish, uh, you know, beware. And I'm like, oh yeah, we're getting there's my eyeball stuff confirmation. It was right originally going to be in 3D. <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> Which, like, if that doesn't sound more like sick. You know, this movie was made in 87. That sounds more like yeah. 67 as a way to get people in to see something like this. Yeah. It felt classic, though, for sure. And well, so it, it had that same kind of, you know, oh, the, and the all the different jealous stuff, like the domineering mother, Zelda Rubenstein, is mm-hmm. got that gothic house. A lot of Darge, uh, Dario Argento stuff in this movie. That's why it was a Spanish movie. Made to feel like it was Los Angeles. Yes. But it really felt like uh, a lot of Giallo touchstones. Like all the 
Well, a lot it's of also, birds. It, it's a str- lot of birds. It's straight. Yeah, a lot of birds. It's strangely intimate. Yes, it, and it has this kind of long opening sequence of yeah Zelda Rubenstein and Michael Lerner as her middle aged son together in the room just chasing a bird around like this kind of nonsense chaos that you always get in these giallos it made me feel like i was in <laughs> yeah. opera again nonsense with the chaos is such a giallo thing where <laughs> the it sometimes comes off a little bit time filling like we've been chasing this pigeon for it four minutes does, and that is yeah. such a giallo thing to spend so much time focused on just a thing, uh huh. Like my my hat fell in the lake. Well, how long is that lady yelling at Dicky? Oh, in, yeah. Uh, the uh, but it, it yeah. in the beyond. In it's the beyond. such a ch- specific charm, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this had that same feeling, and it's just this really cool. You know, it even has her like repeating, like just repeatedly being like, "Catch him! Catch him! Catch him!" Just <laughs> yeah. the same dialogue, just repeating over and over again. And Deaths happen when people are playing opera records on a phonograph. Yeah. You know, like every every checklist thing, which is all stuff I like. Uh, really, really preposterous medical advice. <laughs> all, all the things that cellos are known for. And I didn't know we were getting that tone. So already I was like, we got a William Castle cello? What? That's very cool, this right? This is very cool. That's this a is meeting a- of the minds I did not know I needed. Yeah. Right? And then it's like really relatable too because a lot of us were hypnotized by our moms. Oh, sure. And Constantly. a lot <laughs> to to murder. It's like one of those uh yeah, just one of those things that they have snails living in their house. Like they keep snails and pigeons. That's their thing. It's a weird thing. That's a weird thing. Never explained. Never Not explained. Really. And she, well, she calls it when she's hypnotizing him. Which we find out early on, she does. Yes, quite, quite lengthily. intensely. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, when she's like swirling the back of his head, she's like describing him as a snail inside of his shell. And oh God, but there's actual snails just crawling everywhere in this house, which is such an off-putting, very unsettling, weird image. And then it's just a normal like <laughs> growing up. It's so weird to think about now. My grandparents in town. Just had a tortoise. <laughs> they just had a pet tortoise that just right. that just hung out. And they hypnotized you with the tortoise. No, but it's just this <laughs> weird. Like you have snails. Just yeah. Like you, they're on your back of your couch. There was just this big tortoise that walked freely inside and out. Slept under one of the tables in like the dining room. That's very. That was strange. like one of his spot. They just had a random tortoise that they occasionally acknowledged when he came through. On their property. Well, at least he got to go in and out. They are very uh, concerned with keeping these things caged in. in yeah, they just here. got cages of pigeons. I mean, this is... I, we've seen plenty of movies where martial artists keep pigeons on rooftops. Of course. Few people are keeping multiple cages of pigeons in their living room. In the apartment, yeah. Ugh. Not these two. So They got a special thing going on, the, these two. They, they got a bond here. The gothic mansion kind of thing that I love the most is when you have this ornate stuff with these beautiful fixtures and all mm-hmm. these original moldings and like this great-looking house that also is somewhat in squalor. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, that it's kind like great of gardens stuff falling bit. apart a little bit and dusty. And oh, I, I like that. It's, it's also off-putting. 
Well, as the mother, Zelda Rubenstein seems to be wealthy enough to at least keep this going. But yeah. Michael Lerner still has to have his normal nine to five right. working at like the ophthalmologist. Op- ophthalmology department. Where <laughs> He's he an is, eye doctor. Of he, course he is. But he, he, he seems like maybe the worst eye doctor on the planet. Or he's, he's actually more of like an eye assistant. Yeah. Like a nurse. Eye right. nurse. Right. <laughs> But he's terrible. terrible he's a real hack. <laughs> real hack job. Uh, he's yeah. cutting off toes out there. <laughs> <laughs> but this guy, yeah. And she's like the like, yo, your mommy's, but you're the best surgeon in her little voice. And and he's yeah. a he's a weird kind of man child, eating milk and bananas out of a bowl like a that weirdo. Was, that was unsettling. How odd was that? Just cutting up a banana into a bowl of milk and then just slurping, slurping it down. It up. Oof, like, boy. Like, that seemed like that was a meditation like snack. Like, okay, now eat your bananas and milk before mommy uh, hypnotizes you. Yeah. It's. Did not care for that. <laughs> yeah, man. The, just once you see this guy wolfing down bananas and milk, there was that 87 to 91 period where, where a lot of movies come out here were just really. Weird stuff, really weird Western takes and odd detective stories, and then Americanized giallos like this one that aren't quite foreign, but you know it feels American but off. And there's yeah. a lot of that, and this t- kind of does that to its most unsettling, skin crawling way. A way that when we watch, we watched it together a week ago or so, and mm-hmm. I didn't know what I thought about it. <laughs> afterwards because i felt just kind of i didn't know how i felt and then it's the one that all week i just keep thinking of the mood right that this movie put me under well this mood gives it gives you that hypnotism vibe yeah and uh but what is so interesting about this movie is that it has this intense intimate look at these two very disturbed people you follow michael lerner out he is committing crimes he's his crime is to his crime is is i had a very uh i almost had a very kind of like clockwork orange vibe when he's like doing this uh the the crimes in the in the oh sure that in the home that beautiful home is very clockwork orange but okay when we're talking about yeah i figured there would be eye stuff this is the most on the nose italian movie like all the other eye stuff the worst stuff we've seen is always a sudden like scalpel through the eye you know some mm-hmm. spider biting in that guy's eye you know exactly. like oh god and uh you know fulci stuff you know you're gonna get an eyeball steak yeah you you know but it's it's like once and it's gross and it's Ugh. drawn out they're just like all right we're gonna want people to know that this is gonna be eye stuff so this guy's thing is that he just removes everyone's eyeball he just the woman is yelling at him that all the eyes will be ours. <laughs> this movie is flat out announcing the only thing we want is eyes. It's Zelda Rubenstein like saying it. So it's just like all the eyes of the city will be ours. Yes, just they have a collection out. of eyes, essentially. Just jars of eyes. And that's so. his thing. Yeah, he kills oh. people and then just kind of scalps out the eye section of the person. And he's this bad, almost like tim and eric level of yes of ophthalmologist guy just bumbling tools and putting the wrong contacts in a woman so she has this terrible pain reaction kind of the most obvious dude if you were going to be like who's killing all these people and taking their eyes <laughs> maybe that weird eye doctor that everyone's <laughs> the weird complaining guy that about. talks about the eyes <laughs> 
Well, he's like he's like the caretaker of like the eye museum or something <laughs> yeah. in the beginning. Yeah, a so guy the, who's really showing how into eyes he is. Yeah, it was kind of straight. Yeah, so watching the first like twenty minutes of this movie, I'm kind of going like, "All right, this is cool. Weird kill in the house. I like it." That was a but like that that the movie really got. So I was already like into its odd vibe mm-hmm. and what it was doing, but then when he shows back up at that woman patient's house under the guise of giving her the correct lenses, that yes. Clockwork Orange vibe you're talking about is real and it's not silly. It gets grisly and sloppy, mm-hmm. and when oh, a yeah. movie gets sloppy, that's scarier for me. That's more real. You know, he's slipping and kind of like trying to keep his mouth over her while he's scalpeling her throat and Ugh. his handprints on the wall as he's, ke- you know, that yeah. kind of messiness is but it's scarier like, for me. The way it's presented here, too, is just very like in your face a little bit. It's it's uh, it felt intimate, like I like I said yeah. before, like you're just too close to the action. And you, the <laughs> you're just like right up next to the faces of these people while this is happening. And his them. mother is telepathically forcing him mm-hmm. to do this you that telepathic link that is so fun and you get this side of uh you know she's the sweet kind of quaint old lady in poltergeist sure and just this that is quaint little just her as a menace mm-hmm. her as somebody with world domination in her mind as a possibility is a really fun take for Zelda Rubenstein, she's really fun in this movie. I love it, yeah. She is so well utilized. And after the first Poltergeist, there was a thing where we didn't quite know what to do with her. <laughs> like, how do we integrate her into other stuff Sure, without taking over the movie? The Poltergeist sequels only go so far. Yeah. <laughs> yes. She is a distracting part of Poltergeist 2. <laughs> because it's like... All right, we're bringing it back. Like, we don't really know what more to do. Uh-huh. We knew what to, exactly what to do here. We kind of don't know now. This movie gets it. This is, I think, the best use of her. I think she's more important to anguish than she is to Poltergeist. And that's a compliment. I really liked her in this. And her and Lerner are an unexpected, strong duo. Mm-hmm. And just when I'm getting into this movie... And this crazy, like, I'm like, geez, this is 20 minutes in. There's, there, this pedal is to the floor. Right. He's, he's killing. This like, guy he's is straight honestly. killing. There is no build to this. He is, uh, he is shown to be killing, and we already realized he's killed before. Yeah. So part of me is going, like, man, we're just in for like an hour of killing, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Knowing we got like an hour 10 left, it's like, geez, this guy already had the sloppiest <laughs> mansion kill. And you already know he's done it before this. Well, that, yeah, there's he, no remorse or anything. It's like, oh, I need he, another one. He collects his eyeballs at the mansion and, and then goes to a movie theater. And it's like, then starts stalking these people who are watching a movie in a movie theater, coming up behind them in the ultimate like 80s urban mm-hmm. legend of just like killing these people in a movie theater you know, from behind and no one notices oh, sure. during the movie. But that's it, also very giallo. And what... Yeah. What happens before that is when, just as we're getting into this weird, intense power dynamic between Zelda and Michael Lerner, we realize that that's just a movie that a bunch of other people are watching. They did a 22-minute false beginning to this movie. 
it's that a, I didn't realize we were getting. It's a movie within a movie. I didn't know it was going to be a movie within a movie, which is an important, I think, specific joy to have. Well, it's a, it's a one. It, all of a sudden, the entire th- experience for me changed yeah. watching it because now you realize suddenly Lerder and it's Zelda a fictional are in the movie. background. Yeah, it's very They're strange. Characters. All of a sudden, you get this whole new story of this. What you in your perception of you as the audience the real audience now you're following these people watching this movie yeah and it's still giving you a look inside this original set of characters that you got introduced to but your relationship has changed with them and that affects your view it's it's really a a movie about people controlling and messing with their minds while showing the results of that while also actually potentially causing that kind of thing exactly we'll get into with one key important should be legendary scene. But yeah. once you realize that this is fake, <laughs> it's such a weird feeling of being uh, of the rug being kind of pulled out. Well, it's very much like we've done movies within movies for stuff like demons and popcorn. But you go into that knowing that you're following characters who are then going into a you're movie. Typically seeing people, thing. yeah, going out to the movies and we're watching the movie with This them. is very much like you are watching a movie and then 20 minutes in, it is revealed to be a movie <laughs> within a movie. And suddenly yeah. the the whole the whole experience changes. You're, you, I became detached to the learner Rubenstein story. Yeah. Well, and then all of a sudden you're, anymore, you're is... following these uh, audience members and there's the two girls who are freaking out or one girl's freaking out because it's a terrifying movie. Yeah. And you're also getting this extended hypnotizing sequence that kind of transfers you from the movie within a movie to our movie. So in the movie, Zelda <laughs> Rubenstein is hypnotizing Lerner from afar and you're watching that in real time with the movie audience in the movie. It's this it's hard, incredible scene. This might scene. be hard to explain in an <laughs> audio format. I'm not sure. It's this incredible scene where you see the process where the mother is hypnotizing her son to kill and get eyes because he's the ophthalmologist in town with the bad eyes. <laughs> and she wants to like get new eyes to give to, give to her. Still unclear. God, Still unclear. A, r- a real reach. For a <laughs> feels like you just want an excuse to get people's eyes. I think so. So she's we're we know he's being hypnotized to this, but when it finally breaks in and we see the hypnotization, by now we're introduced to the crowd and we're part of the crowd now watching this movie, knowing we're watching a movie. And when she starts hypnotizing her son, it goes into this great. I kept thinking of altered states. Totally. When William Hurt is going to like the other side, the extended <laughs> when freak, we we talked about this, uh, geez, in, in one of our earlier episodes on altered states, when we were in the recliner seats, like third row, so we were just looking up. Oh yeah, at altered states when it goes through this long, drug fueled <laughs> mind journey, and you're kind of getting to weird, similar places with this long anguish hypnotism because it keeps getting longer and longer started feeling like the willy wonka boat ride scene <laughs> oh absolutely and it's very much like a uh the the main motif of the movie besides the eyeballs is a giant spiral that you're seeing on the screen a lot all the snails you're seeing these snails with the spirals in their shells yeah so you're seeing all these different spirals moving then you're getting zelda rubenstein's kind of creepy creaky voice giving you the same kind of 
repetitive hypnotic suggestion. Yeah. Then you're seeing like close-ups of eyes and you're seeing the whole back and forth moving of objects. And you're watching all of that while you're watching the crowd watching that. And you're <laughs> yeah. seeing the you're members seeing people, of the audience become hypnotized. It's almost. great because the way they were so selective in... They didn't go so over the top that showed an audience of 80 people all... They don't become like zombies. All they just kind of get horror, stupefied. But it shows, you know, one person here, a couple back here. There's select people that are getting really affected. Exactly. People that are that are falling for this hypnotist. This one girl, like, is complaining that she's getting more and more scared, but she can't quite form words about just why mm-hmm. she's getting so scared. It shows somebody kind of, like, pulling their collar. Uh, you see them behind the shoulder of somebody else where they're just uncomfortable in their seat. Yeah. And they're not... We've all kind of been there in the best horror movies when we're in the perfect mood, that perfect amount of sleep where you're <laughs> you're a little tired but you're zoned into this movie. Well, I was getting uncomfortable. And I got it. yeah, this yeah. the best most intense these movies can make you uncomfortable. When we saw The Terminator a couple years ago, mm. I was just in the right frame of mind and was able to zone in and like that movie was shaking me. And when we saw Us and get out you know we were just that level of right in it and this movie do you like the hypnotism in get out or this one more oh which one hit you you more when you were watching it i mean this one was hitting me pretty pretty good because this one get out there's the hypnotism scene maybe lasts for a minute this one felt like it lasted at least five maybe ten minutes it was a five or six minute scene for me though the scene and get out feels like it goes on for 10 minutes maybe when i yeah, realized yeah. i was into it i was so scared <laughs> when I, we were seeing it in the theater man when she, when you realize that you've been hearing her stir that spoon the same way for like a minute now right i immediately had this sinking feeling and that was before he sank <laughs> and so i was like oh my god right. like this movie is feeling my fear <laughs> oh i was so scared well this one is it's just so much of like kind of images rather than a narrative there's there's well, this five it felt minute... like a more serious almost violent william castle thing mm-hmm. like showing more scary images than he was able to show and it started to feel more like a experimental film oh like yeah that uh that's what I was that say, famous one uh, unchien andalou with oh. the eyeball slicing you know it started oh, okay, to feel yeah, really yeah. that kind of european artistry coming through we were getting the biggest luna the biggest effect. luna experience yeah i thought it was effect. It, it's it's ambitious because it is such a huge chunk of the movie yeah to kind of just stop everything and and just kind of over what take you it is like this wave of well i like that reminder of the movie within a movie and breaking down that wall that you know once it started like you realizing like oh shit we're, we're two minutes into a hypnotite like this is more they're yeah, yeah. they're doing this is it still going and then it makes yeah, me yeah. think about you know the warning at the beginning of the movie which we now know was a warning in a movie like oh i love that stupid double like movie within a movie stuff yeah i love movie within a movie it's a, it's like when there's a flashback within a flashback it's like we're going in it's always just a fun thing in in these kind of movies i I mean i love having characters go to the movies in movies oh i I love movies within the movies i love (laughs) popcorn and stuff like matinee smell that that seating but this was such a i've never seen and and you know we've seen movies that have openings that are fake outs Mm -hmm. like a like a blowout blowout is my favorite first 10 minutes fake out but 
But that's, I mean, if that's ten, that's probably a it's five, probably even six shorter. Minute, right? It's probably six minutes if I if, kind of if just we a went and timed fake it. Fake out opening this to have such a like a third of the movie twenty. So it's twenty two minutes, but just just like I said earlier, twenty two minutes. If you would have asked me, I would have thought it was the first forty to forty five minutes. Yeah, yeah. You feel so ingrained already in their awful scheme. It feels like you've spent too much uncomfortable time. Totally. In this house with all these birds and it's claustrophobic, even though it should be root. It's just this uncomfortable feeling. It feels longer than 22 minutes. I went back and rewatched it later in the week because I couldn't stop thinking about it. Mm. And when I did a look at the timestamp, I, <laughs> I was like, this is only 22 in? Really? Yeah. Felt like I was already so deep in this movie. And yeah, you just get let into this other world. And you're experiencing the movie paralleled with how some people are handling it very level-headed. And it's giving, you know, there's people in the crowd that are not as into it. And then the people that are under its spell and are just getting shaken to it. And have you been in a, have you ever been in a theater when there's like a physical reaction somehow? Somebody's so scared or somebody like laughing so hard they fall or anything like that. I remember always hearing stories, you know, when Pulp Fiction came out. Oh, people are fainting because of the hypodermic needle mm. scene. You know, you know, people having a physical reaction. I've been to a couple movies with walkouts. Uh, let's see. But I mean, no- I've been in movies where people are like, you know, would scream out or uh, or something in in the movie. Sure. Um, the level nothing of like like someone having a panic attack. You've witnessed a man uh, getting the Heimlich at a restaurant. <laughs> right. That's not something all of us have seen. No. So I'm sure some of us have seen somebody, you know, needing to be carted out of a movie theater. At some oh point. man, that feels like something that should have happened at a movie at some point in my life. Like somebody having a medical emergency. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know? you've been witness to many random medical I don't, emergencies. Uh, yeah, I don't think I have any fun I thought, stories. I just like assumed that. you. Would have I think we've all been in a theater when like a couple breaks up, though. There was that one time. I think where... that's happened several times. That's different. That's that's a little different. There than was the one time where through. there was the dead body in the back of the theater. The oh, whole time. there'll be a dead. Somebody will <laughs> die in the back row. Yeah, well, I think we all get a back row like, death. Technically, that didn't stop the movie from happening. So. Yeah, if, exactly. We don't know why he died. Uh, but no, nothing like that's coming to mind. Okay. I, I, I uh, <laughs> wish I had. Uh, yeah. I but, I hate. Uh, some, Anything that somebody happens threw in the up on theater. Star Tours once at Disneyland. There you go. Well, yeah, yeah. that's more of a motion sickness thing. I, I hate any kind of distraction in a movie theater. So I was actually getting very annoyed at this point in the movie. So oh, yeah. when we find out it's the movie within a movie, oh, we focus yeah. on these two girls. Yeah. And the two girls, uh, are, let's say they are uh, Patty, Patty and Linda, right? Mm-hmm. What they're like, one of them's like twelve. Maybe the other one's a little older, but. The younger one is getting super freaked out, basically having a panic attack. The older one's like, shut up. It's fine. It's fine. Whatever. Yeah, she's a fraidy cat. And But there's a point where you're watching the Michael Lerner movie, and you're hearing them talking. <laughs> like, oh. as if you're in a movie theater, and the two girls behind you won't shut the fuck up. <laughs> you and I was getting so annoyed. I was like, are we just going to have to listen to them chatter in the movie now? I had no idea you were annoyed. There's a brief, it, it only lasts for like a few minutes before we kind of get more they do into it a their few story. Times. But in the process of transferring from the Michael Lerner movie to the movie to their audience story. watching yeah. the movie, it becomes their story. There's suddenly. this moment where we're watching the Lerner movie with them and they won't shut up. And people are even like, hey, give it down. Like, I liked it. 
Because Patty, so I think it. it is, just will not shut up She's... about how scared she is. And it's like, leave the theater. <laughs> Walk, like, go to the back. Great. And at one point, her friend is finally just like, then just leave. Like, I'm not leaving. Yeah, I'm staying. Walk outside. Oh, man. Like, you can, you don't, like... You, oh, it was, I, I was, love when Michael I was Lerner, just getting so frustrated. Like, are they really going to talk over this movie? Is once that what we're they doing learned here? that he was the killer in uh, in the movie, he goes into a movie theater. I love. He's going into a theater now. Yeah, oh, You're I like hearing them talking. Oh, because then the movie transitions to, and this is where it felt really giallo because it had just some weirdo with the flimsiest of motivation mm-hmm. and the weirdest deep set grudge. Because then we get revealed that we also have a real-life killer in the movie theater who is obsessed with the movie The Mommy. Yeah, I love that little tidbit where the movie we're watching with Michael Lerner is actually called The Mommy. The Mommy. Whenever there's a movie within a movie, that movie always has the dumbest name. (laughs) It's always something like you knew was the first draft of this movie, and they're like, hey, call it The Mommy. That was weak. (laughs) We're anguish. Yeah, I love that. But yeah, you have the real-life... Now, in 2021, we would call this individual an active shooter. Yes. So this movie, to me, has a very strange... 1987, this is like the fantasy of a guy shooting up a movie theater. Yeah. I'd be scared seeing something like this. This became a very intense viewing experience because the one girl goes to the bathroom sees that a an active shooter has killed the staff outside and is, yeah. hi, is hiding their bodies in the bathroom <laughs> and plans to murder everyone in the movie theater. Yeah, she witnesses murder, which is never what you want to see when you're just out at the movies. So at this point, the Michael Lerner anguish movie plot is out the door. No one, I don't care. No one cares. I, I have no idea what happens in the movie within a movie at this point. Yeah. I'm completely now like engrossed. Lerner continues uh, murdering in, people in a movie theater without people noticing. Going yeah, around he's up doing behind his solo thing. guys. He's stabbing him in the neck. He's got a bunch of scalpels taped around his ankle. Oh, that's fucked up. Is it, right? Yeah. Yeah, that whole thing. Weird nerdy professionalism. Ah, see? But it's just like, so it, to me, it, it just hit this thing of like in the 80s, you were afraid of people poisoning Tylenol bottles. Uh, people. Sticky oh, needles in Halloween candy. Oh, the needles, needles under the in, gas pump, uh, or whatever, like AIDS-infected needles on things and on yeah. movie theater seats. I feel like, yeah, yeah, razor blades in the candy. Yeah, and that's like what's presented in the Michael Lerner movie is like him as this like urban legend guy killing people in a movie theater. Mm-hmm. And then you have in God, the I'm movie. I'm glad I never in, heard of any killers in a movie theater story. Yeah, exactly. Up. That would ruin everything. So we have, yeah, exactly. So, but we're watching what is soon to be unfolding as a mass shooting in a movie theater yeah. in, in our movie outside the movie. And uh, that was like, that's a 2021 problem. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, that's a, that's a today problem in the eighties. I don't know if they understood what that became a thing. Yeah. I don't know when that became an actual uh, trend. It's not played it's kind as of something a, like it's, it's, it's kind not, of surprising. It's not more of a thing that happens. Mm. I think it would think it would be more of a thing now, but, yeah, I don't know how. You mean how serious... showing it in movies or no? Just... Having it in real life. I'm sure it seems like. I it mean, would be... it felt like it happened every day for a while. This uh, last, uh, you know, five years ago. Remember, there was just every day something was getting. I mean, Trolls World Tour is like <laughs> intense. It's going to cause some gunfire. Yeah. The uh, 
the movie within a movie aspect is fun and distracting and kind of disorienting, which is that kind of chaos that we talk about in Giallos. Just yeah, yeah. An almost unnecessary level of chaos, because now we have people scared and almost hypnotized and under the spell of the mommy, while we also have things just getting more and more gray gardens on the screen with Michael Lerner and Zelda Rubenstein, who we're not really sure how to feel about anymore. I felt nothing for them at this point, <laughs> but that's the thing. This movie knows that, and mm-hmm. I think it does that on purpose. It's going, when you sit in a movie theater and you are watching figures on screen, you connect to them in this very particular way, like you did with Michael Lerner and Zelda Rubenstein for the first 20 minutes. Yeah. Now that you're once removed and you're watching the movie within a movie, somehow for me, knowing that that was a movie on a screen completely canceled out any emotional impact it was going to have on me. And then all of my emotional, you know, There's... investment was on the the characters now watching the movie, who now I'm... <laughs> I, w- I mean, Eric, th- for about 20 minutes, I, this is the scariest movie I've seen in a long time. At least maybe the most intense. Okay. You didn't see me because we were social distance. I was yeah. like... Double, almost doubled over, like hands, like hand, elbows like, on legs, just head like in hands. Like, what is going to happen here? <laughs> the anticipation of this masked killer, yeah, or not masked killer, this mass killer opening fire mm-hmm. and just waiting for the bloodshed. In now, what is, in my perception, the real movie that I'm following? Yes, it's just a, it's, it's a total really mind smart, fight. and it's a real big risk to get you so invested into two people that you realize you don't have to be invested in at all. Mm-hmm. It's a bold move that can backfire really easily when a movie shows you how it can trick you. Yeah. Like 20 to 25 minutes in, like it's already showing you that it's not maybe going to play by the rules. That can really easily insult me and <laughs> lose my attention. You know, oh, this is the alternate dimension where think nothing actually happened. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. You didn't have a way out of this. So it's a risky move. And... It could have backfired, but it's really impressive how Bigas Luna, I don't know if this is a thing he's known for, how much, how quickly he got me interested in a whole new set of people. Right. It could have been just like, wait, what the hell happened? Why aren't we talking about these other people? Really? Like, it could have been a bunch of duds. Exactly. I liked the girls. I liked the new crew that we got, and I was already invested into what was happening, and them... They're us reacting to this movie mm-hmm. already. And I thought that spin of it made it really fun where it otherwise could have flopped. And it just made me really get into it. And that's what made me really think about it throughout the week of this yeah. life parodying reality and the way we react to a thing that's actually fake. Well, and then the, just the way it all unfolds. Because, yeah, I, I found myself caring so much about these this movie audience Yeah, all of a sudden that I'm watching. And the one girl who goes to the bathroom, sees the this mass killing about to unfold, is able to escape. <laughs> oh, God. When she finally gets out of the movie theater. Now we're outside the movie theater following her on the street. Yeah. Like, we're completely removed from the Michael Lerner movie now. We're out yeah. of the door. We're Yeah. we our, our character that we're following is not even watching a movie and for this 10 girl, minutes now. And this girl, panicked, comes, you know, Ugh. goes up to the first guy she sees. And, and again, it's so, it's so crazy to me watching it now <laughs> because I would know 
If I were about to see an active shooter take out a movie theater, I would know to yell, active shooter. Yeah. You know, I would know what to do. This girl and this freezes. this babbles her way through like a, eat a man and a man gun, <laughs> I swear. gun man. And the guy that she's talking to is like, well, okay, I'm on my way to a meeting, but uh, you have fun now. And We have just the worst combination of humans as Patty could <laughs> not get a helpful word out edgewise. And she uh. also, at the same time, could not have bumped into a worse <laughs> bystander. Of all the guys that happen to be walking by when you finally burst out the front door of that theater, this guy was the worst slow-on-the-uptake weirdo. She eventually gets to the point where she can tell him there's a man with a gun in the movie theater. And he's like, okay, let's go check it out. Walks her back into the movie theater lobby <laughs> where he looks around and is like, huh. Nobody's in this lobby, and then finally, I think sees well, a body or something. It takes so it's such a bad detour. This movie, this guy, this guy comes in the movies like twenty minutes to the end, practically. Yeah, it's a pretty quick moving film, and the whole time once it hypnotizes you, know you. these people are about to get shot up in a movie theater, and yeah. you're just waiting for it to happen. And this guy's like, "Let's go check it out." This guy, I takes, was scream- I was like, "Call nine one This guy, t- she puts all of her eggs. Into this one loser's basket. Call and this guy is so disbelieving. Every He is trying to poke a hole in any part of her well, story. I feel like just he, to... he genuinely didn't get what she was trying to lay down. <laughs> like He was just like, she seems really unhappy with her At a theater point, experience. Let's go talk to the manager. It seems like he's, tr- he's not trying to understand her anymore. And he's just kind of being like rubbing her arm. Like she, okay. he's trying to talk okay. her down from yeah. a trip. Like, Yo, yeah. hey, hey, hey. Everything's all right, okay? Things are cool out here. You're fine. It's the sun. Don't worry. <laughs> right. Like you get the real sense. Do you need that a he's sandwich. Like, he's yeah. like, I'm just gonna deal with this crazy person. But it suddenly takes. Oh God, this guy wouldn't go away. And then he kept hanging around. Well, finally, talk, he, hey, he realizes something is wrong, and he's like, "Let's go find a phone." Because again, 1987, you have to go find a phone. Yeah, we we take some detours in this flick, and this killer is really it taking took, his time stalking uh, the perfect victims out in the theater. But the scene with Michael Lerner keeps getting more intense. The scene in the real theater gets more intense. The one girl, I really feel for someone who uh, gets tricked into being more scared than they wanted to be. Mm. That's a that that can be a scary thing for me. Uh, I think there's a guilt associated with it. You're an older brother. I'm an older brother. Was there ever a situation where you like made your brother watch something that was too scary for them, and you had that like maybe I shouldn't have uh, made him sit uh, through that? I don't think so. Like I think I, I think I more bored my brother <laughs> with things. So I'd be like, "You have to watch the Twilight Zone episodes," and he'd be like, "This is old. I don't like it." Yeah, like, this well, is I black do. and white and sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my sister got. Um, I felt really bad, and I one time I didn't see it coming. Sometimes you just don't think what'll well, be. She's six years younger than me. Yeah, which at you know twelve and six, that's big. That's a that's a gap. My brother's only about two years yeah. younger, so I would get scared at the same things he was getting scared. So at. she, you know, because I was scared by it, but liked it. She saw it when she was six years younger than me, and that mm-hmm. really gave her nightmares. And she got nightmares from the movie Kingpin when they get his hand the bowling movie. Yeah, well, okay. like his hand gets put in the bowling uh, ball back. And ripped off. Oh, sure. And she was scared Not to happy. go bowling again after that. She thought that was a real thing. You know, she was eight. 
So I felt bad for those, but you know, so I've been there. With I was that. also a huge pussy when I was a kid, <laughs> so I was more scared of things. <laughs> got it. Than the normal kid. No, uh, you know, somebody's got to introduce their younger sibling to well, horror, it's whether like, it's their friend or their brother you, or whatever. Yeah, you talk about Kingpin. The one movie that gave me like distinct like I got nightmares from this movie. Yeah, nightmares was the movie Willow. <laughs> oh man, with the short Willow people. is un- Willow is troubling in its visuals I to had, a young young set of eyes. Yeah, I I think I me and my brother probably both watched that one a little young, and the dogs and the monkeys that turned into the giant serpents. Oh man, that some of that stuff was like a little too intense. Let me tell you, the guy the- with the skull mask. Oh yeah, the skull mask on. guy with the camera angled up at him, so he just seemed this. Oh, the th- here's a. But also Dark every stuff. just everything about Willow was uncomfortable and foreign <laughs> to me. I was I was probably seven. This is now six, a Willow cast. Yeah, the Willow cast <laughs> is. God, I've been dying to talk about some Joanne Wally. <laughs> Finally, we can get into Wally talk. Finally, we can get Billy Barty's name we go. on this pod. All right. I got a tight 25 on Willow. Billy Barty's spoke in my school once. <laughs> this thing is bothered me so much, this visual. I don't know why, but when I think of Willow, think of how gross the baby looked when it like threw up on itself. <laughs> that was so, for some reason, that was so disturbing to me. A seven-year-old, I'm just like, this movie is awful. I hate looking at this movie. Everybody's yelling in weird voices. And uh, it's just, I, Willow was Willow bugged me. There you go. Willow was just a difficult watch at Guys, seven or eight. Let us know if Willow bugged you. Please tell me I'm not alone. Yeah. Everything about this it movie was me. just just under my skin. So finally, in English, <laughs> the, uh, the, the cops are finally called. They show up, surround yeah. the place. Now, all of a sudden, we got dog day afternoon happening outside <laughs> right. the movie theater. It is yes. such a trip. We are like... I, I was like, wow, we are going full on with this story. I like, love... See, I started... Cops are, like, coming in through the vents and, like, setting up sniper positions across the street and Here's stuff. the brilliant thing. So I thought about this movie all week because I didn't know where I sat on it. Yeah, I knew I I liked the hypnosis scene. The hypnosis scene, I think, is one of the most uh, fun, intense horror scenes in the last 40 years. I think it's, horror it, movies. It, it would be on the clip of clip show of ev- horror scenes you need to see yeah this hypnosis i don't think people know too insane. much about it. i don't think it's a movie talked you know it's, it's really pretty cool. underground yeah but this is a clip worthy scene horror 101 For and sure. um the rest of the movie has its charm and what i didn't see coming is after you feel mildly betrayed that they they got you all interested in this 22 minutes again that's deep mm-hmm. that's a commitment that's a quarter of the movie I found myself getting one back more and more into that movie <laughs> because it felt like the more crazy the real life plot got, the plot of the mommy got crazier. See, I stopped paying attention to the See? mommy plot. You, uh, you're you going to have to tell me it's, what happened. Suddenly you're watching two movies. Michael Lerner keeps getting crazier and crazier. As, you get, you miss, how are you not paying attention to the moment when the plan really starts going bad <laughs> when they realize somebody's been taking the eyes and everybody knows who's been taking the eyes i was the moment the guy is found honestly out, i was waiting i was just too wrapped up in the fact that there's an actual killer in the theater like that thing took me over i thought he did a great job of like the equivalent of reading two books concurrently 
Sure. <laughs> I'm reading a Stephen King book. I'm reading somebody's biography. Right. Yeah, I thought it was a good, like, I'm following both stories. You're dipping back in with this one. Time is elapsed that you don't know how much has gone by. Like, I kind of like how he kept jumping. I thought he handled it in the balance really well. I really liked it. I, I, I maybe I, ha- you know what? Honestly, this was also one of those movies where I was like, I hope I never watch this movie again, because <laughs> it was <laughs> anguish is a great title for the it name is. of this movie. Um, it we was were even excru- earlier this it week. It was like I don't know if I'm excited to talk about anguish. Yeah, we got over that. So I don't know if I'm actually going to go back and rewatch it, but maybe I will just to like catch up on the learner plot because I, I really, I lost, I just stopped paying attention to that because See, I, think- I was just waiting for. A guy to open fire on these people. And I was still into it just it was, because how often do you get to see Michael Lerner do horror stuff? That's true. And so I was excited to still watch, but it's your perspective changes for you're no longer involved. You're watching for a different reason. Mm-hmm. You're just watching for fun. It's the difference between watching a movie critically and just watching it because you're like, I don't know, Street Fighter is actually really fun <laughs> to have on in the background. You know, I'm not watching, you know, Godard. Mm-hmm. I'm. It's like, yeah, I'll put on uh, heavyweights. Good dog. Good dog. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We know European movies. Hey, cinema over here. Yeah. So this Spanish film, this foreign film that we're talking about, I, I was into it. I love seeing Michael Lerner, you know, hack people's eyeballs out in sloppy ways. I didn't know we got to see him do something that gruesome and exploitative. Yeah. So I was totally entertained with that. And then I loved our new real-time active shooter, yeah, like you said, Dog Day Afternoon standoff with a sniper. I didn't know we'd get a sniper crawling through the vents Yeah, they in anguish. They get into, like, the projection booth, and they're like, there's a killer down there. And yeah. They're like, do we stop playing the movie? And so I do, yeah, at the end, you do get this great, like, the killer then is in front of the screen. Yeah. He's got our girl hostage. You're seeing Lerner and Zelda and Lerner is, on the screen. Lerner is got got a girl hostage yeah, in front of in his movie in it, the front of the movie theater. Life is imitating art. This guy is obsessed with. He's a copycat. The mommy killer. He's a mommy super fan. Yeah, he's big. a mommy stan. He's a nut. And uh, yeah, so he's got this intimate relationship <laughs> with the mommy on the screen that he's talking to. Yeah, and that's when they finally get their shot on him, and then. And I then, was a little dissatisfied with the, sh- the the blowing him away. I wanted a little bit more. I agree. Like I wanted that head to as much pop as I really enjoyed this movie and thought it lived up to uh, what I was hoping it would be and more. Uh, the first half trucks along a lot better than yeah. the second half. Uh, I like a lot of our build and a lot of our intro to this to our new real characters a lot more than I liked this killer taking forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to finally kill people in the real theater because the mustache guy outside needed to stall for time for some reason. Oh, I was on my way to a meeting, but uh, let me well actually you several times <laughs> on my way. Ah, And then s- when she's right and uh, being treated for her trauma in the back of an ambulance, he's like, well, I'm just going to hang out here a little bit longer. Yeah, uh, so- he's kind of just like, pretty crazy what we're going through, right? And it's like, you, uh, oh, why is this guy still around? You uh, you live around here? Or- yeah, he's just kind of small chatting what do you do? While, they're, while they're waiting for the chaos to die down. did you have a meeting to go to, guy? Ugh, yeah. This character, one There's of the worst of introductions, just an hour into the movie, <laughs> suddenly meeting, meeting Hank, the businessman. 
Oh. The most mediocre white man Meeting Gordon on the planet. The who stocks then, trader. But you know that guy goes home after that and is like, yeah, I saved a whole theater full of people today. It was oh, me. I God. did it. <laughs> I, hate, I hate Gordon so much. <laughs> this guy. But yeah, so we're getting this. The crazier Michael Lerner's movie gets, the killer himself starts getting more confidence. Yeah. And I like how he portrayed the killer in the real life one as a even sloppier kind of Michael Lerner. He's a different body type. He's a different man, but his kills are even less precise and, you know, uh, causes more immediate chaos. You get the movie He's world. Clearly of, just like a schlub. Yeah. Well, you get the movie world version of. Michael Lerner able to move through a theater and get away with some damage, you know, before he's found out. Mm -hmm. Whereas this guy is just, you know, causes an immediate panic and riot. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it shows you the movie version and the the real life copycat version. Yeah, exactly. As a nice parallel. When he finally, yeah, starts letting loose, everyone freaks out, hits the deck. Immediately, you know. And then, uh, yeah, it's just. It's just great chaos and this great mind trip. And then, of course, this is so beautiful. And even then, I did. It's just such a fun final trick. Uh, we then reveal that there was another audience watching this movie. It was a movie within a movie within a movie. We get the we get the triple the unprecedented triple movie dog dare within a movie within a movie. The, the the whole thing. The lights go down. Our killer's been killed. The music comes up, and yeah, we see that we are in the back of a new theater <laughs> as the credits for that movie start rolling, and people in our theater in front of us start getting up to leave as if we're, yeah, in the last row. It, it even has the great touch of the one person staying until the end of the credits. Yeah. And then gets up and leaves at the end. Some weirdo who stays to the end. So, were they? You got invested in the learner plot. <laughs> you got you invested got, in Patty. You got told that that was just a fake movie. Don't worry about that. But then you got invested in Patty and the <laughs> these people in an active shooter situation, which yeah. felt so real to yeah. me. Felt possible. Excruciatingly real. Like like Gus Van Sant elephant. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, Matt, like, like real, that. Ti- right. real time active shooter event. Okay. Uh and then yeah, that's the movie. That's also a movie. That's also a movie. I, I love biggest. I love the silliness. I love the oh biggest, biggest you Luna you. <laughs> I think the human brain is really built to appreciate weird things within a thing. With I remember as a kid being fascinated when a cartoon would portray you know Daffy Duck seeing himself in a camera. And it's that within a camera and that kind of something within a thing within a thing or like mm-hmm. a Russian nesting doll that my grandma had. The idea that like a tiny version of thing can be in it and then a tiny version of a thing within that. Something with that interplay with your brain of picturing right. these little depths when laid out in a certain way can be really unspecifically triggering. And it really shows the audience each person going through a little version of that. Mm-hmm. And I dug how it laid out. It's I like, loved out later. I love the stupid movie within a movie within a movie. I go, yeah, do it, do it. It's Give a me gr- another credit. It's a great. I mean, it's a very cool experiment, obviously, in, in how the audience interacts with the movie. It's very yeah. meta, and it's also a very uh, intense horror thriller. Yeah, it works on both of those levels. Yeah. It's a fun meta commentary and a fun horror movie. And yeah, I I do think it loses some steam and 
We watched, geez, a couple other movies recently that are under 80 minutes. This probably could have been under 80 minutes, actually. This could have been 80 on the nose. Cut 10 right. off. It's about cut, 90. Cut a little bit of old mustache Gordon. Yeah, we could have sped that up. Almost believing Patty. We could have sped that maybe whole sequence up. Maybe a little up. more convincing. Patty maybe could have found a phone <laughs> called <laughs> yeah. 911. Just realized, you know what? You're not helping. I'm going to get someone else. But it, I, I mean, I don't usually talk to a movie while it's playing but i yelled call 911 because <laughs> yeah. i couldn't take it anymore you were you were wanting things to advance things it was starting it was like that thing with the like i'm just like holding the temples yeah like <laughs> see this movie was all affecting us it was yeah. all intentionally getting under really our was. skin and i didn't know we were getting that kind of experience going in so exactly oh, i came out the other side thinking about this movie all week and I guess unlike you, I dove back in and wanted to. I wanted to experience. It's like watching something like uh, Usual Suspects and mm. not knowing what happens. I get something out of it and something cool and different watching it, knowing everything that happens. You notice things you don't, and I'm not gonna say that goes to these depths where I'm noticing things that I wouldn't have picked up on, but you see more of the tricks. Right, And I like the respect for the tricks that it has and the respect to the carniness of a good gimmick like that while not relying on a gimmick as its thing. Mm. It doesn't do go out to do William Castle. It shows the reverence for the corniness of that and does something a little more serious and sinister and still playful. And phew, go see it. There you Anguish. Go. Again, it I don't know... I have the DVD. I didn't find it anywhere streaming. I don't know if it's on YouTube. It might be, but it doesn't seem to be on any actual services. It didn't. It, it wasn't on anything that I was comfortable clicking on. <laughs> right. That was like this Russian, is probably, Russian YouTube uh, yeah, kind of thing. This is this is probably a virus. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, but again, I I, I, I did a quick check on eBay. If you have a DVD player, come on, people. Come don't on. Don't get rid of them, guys. But I saw I saw plenty like under eight bucks, which cool would be a. A worthy price for this experiment and kind of experience. It's a cool view. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think it came to this. I think so. I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>